morning. Glad you're here to worship with us this morning. We've been in a message series where we're looking at the uh, key ingredients of growth, how God takes the things in life, what he's provided for our growth, and then how he uses life, mixes the ingredients in, and helps us to grow. Uh, today, we're going to we're going to look at how he, he helps turn trouble into gold, literally, in our, in our hearts and lives. Okay, not literally. Didn't mean the literally part, but it's, it's as good as gold, better than gold, for sure, the character that he develops through it. So we've, we've looked at some ingredients of growth, uh, what God provides in the past few weeks. First week, we looked at how he, he, impre- he, he gives us himself to help us grow. He gets, when, when you, Actually, before you come to the point where you commit your life to Christ, he's drawing to him to yourself. What he, what he wants to do through the things you're going through in life is help you come to know him and, and turn to him and seek him out uh, as you deal with life. And then once you come to know God, once you decide to commit your life to Christ and, and follow him, he, he himself gets intimately involved in helping you grow. And become more mature and more like him. Uh, he, in Philippians 1.6 it says, And I'm sure that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. So he gets involved. He's, he's, he's involved in our lives, helping us grow. So he gives us himself. Our, our growth, to a tremendous degree, depends on how much we cooperate with him. Sort of like in a dance. You know, you, there's, there needs to be a clear leader in the dance, or it gets ugly very fast. And so the Holy Spirit, when we commit our lives to follow Christ, He comes into our life, and then He begins to lead. And we decide whether we'll follow or not. To the extent that we follow, we grow, and we begin to change, and life gets really good. To the extent that we try to take the lead ourselves, we find more trouble than we would have had otherwise. Uh, another thing he provides, fellow Christ followers, life gets kind of turbulent at times. And uh, he provides fellow believers. One of the things he, he gives is he gives churches and groups of people that we can walk through life with. And that really helps us to avoid a wipeout. It helps give us perspective. It, it really applies to what we're talking about today. As you're going through trouble yourself, as you're dealing with the things that you're going through, Boy, it really helps to get some perspective from the people around you who are trying to walk with God as well, who have been through similar things, who have dealt with things, who are getting into the Scripture and sharing it with you. That, that provides some real help in your growth. And we're going to look a little bit about that later. And then last week, Alex talked about how he's given us his word, the Bible. Uh, a major part of growth is getting into the Bible, letting it sink in, and then trying to live it out in our daily lives. Jesus called it abiding. You abide in his word. And that means that we let it sink in, we live it out, we remain in it. We don't, you know, read it and then disconnect and go do life the way we want to do it. A big part of growing is getting into Scripture, finding out what God says, and then trying to figure out how to live it out. Great passage that um, Alex used last week. And, and read to us out of the messages, 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. Every part of Scripture is God-breathed 
and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. That's that's what God's doing. He's taking his word and he's kneading it into our lives as we live life. What you see in scripture is not an academic model for growth. In in America, we, we love education and it has its place. It's helpful. But what you find in scripture is not an academic model. It's a training model. God is training us to be different. He's training us to live God's way. Um, and, and so it's, it's sort of, it's very easy to come into the Christian life and begin to get involved and to, to read, you know, some passages of the Bible, be taught some things, and then think, okay, I've been there, done that, been through that, time to move on. Because what we're used to is you're in the third grade, you go through third grade stuff, then you get to the fourth grade, you're in fourth grade stuff. And it, you know, it is so third grade to deal with that kind of math. So we don't, you know, we don't have to deal with that. We're in fourth grade math. And so we're working on this stuff. You know, we're big people. And so we're used to that. We're used to covering some material. We've got objectives, things that we've got to get down, and then moving on. Life just doesn't work that way. That's not the way life works. That's not the way growth and uh, walking with the Lord in Christ, Christ, the Christian life, it doesn't go that way. It's, it's more of a training model where you're trying to get the truth and figure out how to live it out in your life. One time I tried to put a batting cage together for my son Thad. And you know, you, it comes, there's a net, there's a bunch of parts. And many of the parts are similar, but not quite as similar as they should be. So I finally gave up and watched the video. But I, I, found, I found that I, I watched the video, then I'd look at the parts, I'd try to put a couple parts, then I'd go back to the video, and I'd you know, watch the parts and try to put them together. That, that's how it is, trying to figure out how to walk with, with God, how to, how to grow in your walk with the Lord is, you're, you're getting into the principles uh, of the Scripture, and then you're trying to live them out, and then you've got to go back to the principles. It's not like you're covering some material and moving on. It's, it's very different like, than that because there's a process that goes on that God is using to get the truth into our hearts that he wants to use. But we have to cooperate with him to do that. So God gives growth as a process, not an event. It's not a class you take and then move on. It's, it's a definite process. This is what you see described in Philippians 2. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now, much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So spiritual growth is this. We work while God's working in us. We work while God works. He works in us to accomplish his purpose. Uh, there's a process, and the process takes time. It's just like agriculture. It's an agricultural model as well. It's not academic. It's a training model. It's also an agricultural model that you find in Scripture. You know, it takes time for fruit to grow. As, as many of you may know, I planted an avocado tree in my backyard. 
a few years back. And from bud to fruit, ripened fruit, it takes over a year. Now, we're just not used to that. kind. Of, I mean, we can go to the store and we can buy avocados if we have the money to do that, if we want to spend the bucks. We can buy them. We just... We don't have to know where they came from, how long it took for the thing to grow. They're readily available. We're kind of spoiled in our, in our world here. But that is the picture you get in Scripture of uh, Christian growth and maturity. It takes time to develop. You cannot remove time. And uh, in, in the middle of that, we're not just... Covering material and moving on. We're trying to understand God's ways, understand his principles, and get those into our life. So, like for instance, I've been through very similar curriculum on finances three or four times. Pretty heavy duty study on finances three or four times. But my problem is my heart keeps writing checks that my mind should tell it not to write. <laughs> and so I've got to keep going back to the curriculum, back to the, the, the word, and try to figure out what does that mean for the way I pull out my credit card and the way I write my checks. And the, because my heart is going to lead me. And so it's not so much about learning the information as it is about getting that information into my check register or my Quicken or whatever I use. It's, it's more about living it out. And that's what you find in Scripture. It's not just that we want to gain knowledge. It's that we want to, to learn things so that we can live them. Knowledge puffs up, Scripture says, but love builds up. And so we're trying to, to learn what we do and what we do on Sunday mornings. I'm, I'm not as concerned about going over all the little dots and uh, exclamation points in Scripture as much as I'm concerned about what's the truth and how do we live that out. That's the definition of maturity in Scripture, is becoming more like Christ. And so, since it takes time, I don't know about you, but I have to keep going over the same curriculum, the same material. I've probably been in third grade several times spiritually. You know, I keep going back to third grade on this, and I'm digging in, and I'm trying to learn, and I'm trying to get it in my life, because my heart's doing stuff that I shouldn't let it do, and it's leading me to do stuff that I should stop. And so I have to keep going back. But time turns out to be a major ingredient. So we need patience. We, we need patience, and it's a certain kind of patience that we're going to look at this morning that we need. It's an active patience. And that's the picture you see in Philippians 2. You actively pursue the things that are going to help you grow. Things like your personal relationship with God, getting around believers who are trying to walk with God, um, getting into the Word, uh, learning uh, from the people around you. So you're pursuing actively the things that are going to help you grow while you depend on God to give the growth. Because that's, that's how it happens. I mean, you can plant the seed, you can cultivate the soil, you can do all kinds of things. You can plant the tree, but you have to wait God's built in the processes that make that thing grow. He's the one that brings the growth. That's what happens with us. So we put ourselves around the ingredients that help us grow while we depend on God to give the growth. And my experience has been is that he gives breakthroughs 
as I get around the truth, as I keep going back to it and trying to figure out how to live it out, as I, as I look at the videos, so to speak, as, as I get around people, they set the example, and I say, wow, you know, I really want to be like that. And then he gives breakthroughs, and I, I make progress. But if I'm depending on myself, oh, it's miserable. It's miserable. So that's, that's sort of a bigger picture of what's going on in our growth process. Now, how does God work? Well, today we're going to look at one of the key ways that God works in our life. What he does is he arranges our lives to be a learning environment. That's, that's what he wants them to be. He, he wants our life to be a learning environment. He sets the curriculum in our training program and he is laying out the course schedule. And today we're going to look at how he does that. Here's the aerial view of the growth process that you find in the Bible. Romans 5, 3 through 5. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. This is an aerial view of how God works in our lives for growth. This is the process. Suffering literally means pressure. That's what that word means literally in the Greek that it was originally written in. Pressure. So pressure produces perseverance. This is a key part of the process. This is, this is how God sets the curriculum and he lays out the course schedule by the pressure that we're going through. He wants to take that and work it into our lives in a way so we learn to depend on Him. And while we're depending on Him, He refines us like gold. We're going to look at a passage that, that speaks to that more in a second. But um, that's, that's what's going on. Wherever the pressure is in your life right now, that's where God wants to work. What do we normally do when we feel pressure? Oh, I want relief. I need relief. And just as soon as this passes, I'm going to get back to following God. I'm going to get, I'm going to get more serious about doing what he wants me to do. Just as soon as the pressure goes away, because then I can really focus. Right now, I've, I've got too much going on. I feel like I'm going to explode inside here. That's, what, that's, the, way we, that's the way I normally think. But, but the way that Scripture is telling us God works is this. In the midst of the pressure, he wants us to turn to him and at that moment try to figure out what the word says, what, what he says about life, how to handle the pressure that we're in. As we, as we feel the pressure, the suffering, we need to choose perseverance. What God wants to flow out of the suffering is perseverance. We just hang in there. And we don't try to get out from under, try to find relief in ways that are inappropriate. You know, it's like, okay, I, I deserve a break. I've been, a, I've been under pressure all week. I deserve, I deserve a break from doing right. I'm just going to take a little time off from following God. I'm going to party. And so we, we look for ways to find relief in and of ourselves and other people. Instead of going to God in the midst of the pressure sometimes, we depend inappropriately on the people around us. God's the only one who has the resources to help you change 
in the middle of your pressure. He's the only one that has what you need to, re- to, to rely on him, is to find exactly what you need. And so, God wants the pressure in our lives to develop us, and he wants us to cooperate with him in the midst of that to be different people. We tend to think, I'm going to wait till this blows over, and then I'm going to get back to following God. But it's right now that God wants you to follow him. If, if we pull the plug and pull out from under the pressure, then we don't develop the character. The, the perseverance doesn't become character. That's the connection, the pressure and character. What's between that is perseverance. We've got to remain under. We've got to hang in there. This is what's going on. The Lord mixes time and trouble to grow those who cooperate with him. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, pure joy my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. That, that word trial literally is testing. It's like purifying gold. They heat up the ore in order to extract the gold to, for the dross to, get, to, to leave and for the gold to be purified. That's, that's what the scriptures, that's the picture, the word picture it's painting. The heat, the heat is on. And through the heat, God is working. And we're to consider it joy when we face trials. Now, we're not to be sick people and think, bring on the trials. I love trials. That's not what I'm saying. We consider it joy because in the midst of those trials, God is trying to do something in us that will be extremely valuable for us. We don't really enjoy the trial. We don't look forward to that. The, the suffering. We, we don't really want to suffer. But life is life, and we're going to struggle. We're going to have troubles. It's in the midst of the troubles that God is doing something. He's shaping us. If we will turn to him, if we will trust him. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. That word perseverance in this passage literally means remaining under, staying under the pressure, not getting out from under, not finding your own way. You wait until it lifts, till God breaks through the clouds and lifts the pressure. But you don't pull out. If it's pressure that comes from doing right, or if it's pressure from bearing responsibility that you should be bearing, or facing a challenge that you need to be uh, facing, or being, if it's, if it's pressure that comes from a frustration in the midst of a relationship where you need to do right, you, you stay under that pressure. And God uses that to develop you. He uses that to change you. So this is how we grow in character. This is how we grow to maturity. It's, it's, not, that, it's not that fun. But boy, it is very valuable. God wants to grow us through the pressure we face. And several things. First of all, responsibilities. I don't know, you, you, you probably have pressure at work or at school. Maybe there's more to do than you think you can do, or you're not sure if you can do what is needed. You're not sure you can handle this responsibility, and it's, it's weighing down on you. It's heavy. The responsibilities are heavy. You can either melt into a blob on the floor. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. I've curled up in the fetal position a couple times, I confess. <laughs> oh, God, I don't know if I can handle this. 
Or you turn to God and you say, God, I, I want to handle this to the best of my ability. And I can only do what I can do. I can't do what uh, the others can do, but I can do what I can do. I can do my best to be faithful with this responsibility. Lord, would you help me in this? So I can either melt into a blob or try to do it in my own strength, or I can turn to God and say, this is all I can do. I'm going to do what I can do, and I'm going to trust you, God, to be working through it. So God uses our responsibilities. He uses our frustrations. You know, relationships can bring a tremendous amount of frustration in our lives. I have this native desire for other people to do what I want. And I bet you do, too. (laughs) The problem is they're not on my bandwagon. They don't tend to want to do what I want all the time. They don't want to do it the way I want them to do it all the time. And so I can get frustrated. There, there, there are very few people that, you know, actually I know of no one who gets up in the morning and thinks, gee, I wonder what Randy wants me to do today. They just don't think that way. It doesn't happen. So I get frustrated. I have goals that I'm trying to accomplish, and sometimes my goals involve other people doing stuff, and they get blocked, and I get frustrated, and I get angry. At that point... I can either blow and handle it the way I've always handled it, do the fleshly thing, do do what I do in my flesh, or I can turn to God. God, this is frustrating. I confess that. I probably shouldn't even be frustrated with them. But will you will you help me to to hang on to the right goals, to let go of the wrong goals, and to pursue what's right before you in this relationship? Challenges. You know, apathy can act like Novocaine. And it, it can keep us from getting after the challenge to do right in different areas. If you walk with God, he's going to keep stretching you because that's the way we grow. You grow on the, the edge of things, stretching more than you can. That's how muscles grow. Muscles have to be stretched, extended in order to grow. Our character grows the same way. We keep getting challenged. And we keep needing to grow. Uh, Under pressure of challenge, under a lot of these pressures, really, our real self surfaces. And we get a look at it. Oh. You know, for me, it's kind of like, oh. I'm not sure that was pretty. And I have a choice at that point. The great thing about God is it's, it's, it's at that point when you begin to see your real self, he loves you anyway. It's the grace of God that teaches us to say no to the wrong patterns in our lives. That's what Titus says. It's his grace that pours over us and allows us to see our real self and not run. I, I just give up. I'm, why should I even try to do right? I keep... I keep blowing up. I keep having these struggles. I keep having to deal with myself in the middle. I'm just giving up and running away. No. Even even your real self, God, God knows you. He sees you. He understands your real self better than you do. And he loves you right where you're at so that you can, in the midst of dealing with life, take the next step in following him. He brings the challenges to do that. He brings this stuff, this pressure. He, he allows it to sit on us 
in order to grow us and to help us learn to depend on him, not on ourselves. It's the only way to keep moving forward. He brings difficulties. God, God uses difficulty to refine us. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were describing just how much pressure they were feeling as they were kind of going, growing into adulthood. And I thought, well, you're dealing with man-sized problems now. It's kind of like having a man-witch. You probably never heard of that, but that was a, there was a man-witch that used to have a, a commercial that talked about. It, didn't, it never looked very good to me, but it was called a man-witch. Well, you've got man-witch-sized problems now. And so God's growing you. That's how it goes. You, you, you have high school-sized problems. You have college-sized problems. Then you get out in the world, and they just difficulty strikes you over and over again. And God, in the midst of that pressure, wants to grow you. Now, this is where it really helps to have people around that you're walking through life with. As you deal with difficulties, as you deal with the pressure, People who are walking with God, trying to get to know Him, maybe they're a little further down the road, maybe they're your peer. I don't, I don't know. I've learned from, I've learned key things from everybody as I get in a group with people, as I stay connected to the people and I learn from them, it really helps. One of the hardest things that Cindy and I have done uh, was just taking care of my parents. It was a real privilege to do that, but for the last five years prior, we, we took care of them. Had no idea that how how difficult that was going, going to be to watch them uh, deteriorate and uh, to go through you know the last stages of their life. It's 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 not easy to watch that. A friend in the middle of that, we were talking about it. He said, you know, it's it's the humiliation of the human race, and that you have to think about what what. That is, that's, he quoted C.S. Lewis. That's what C.S. Lewis said. The last few days, the scripture calls those days, the last days of your life, the, the dark days, sort of the, they're just, they're just dark. I mean, it's, it's rough. And uh, that, that really helped me to, to see things in a different light. Because what, what he's saying by it's the humiliation of the human race is that we decided at one point to go it on our own. I mean, the first man and woman laid out clearly what the boundaries were. They busted through the boundaries. And what happened when they busted through the boundaries and when we since have approved what their decision was, sin entered the world and the effects of sin entered the world. And so there are things that are a part of life that shouldn't be. There are frustrations. There are difficulties. There are struggles that just shouldn't be a part of our life. God never intended them. But since we decided to rebel, they are. And so we deal with things all the time because we live in a fallen world. That's what the big picture is. We live in a fallen world. And so it's been affected by our rebellion. And so uh, what C.S. Lewis is saying is those last days, are the humiliation of the human race, where in the middle of that, you either choose to turn to God or you build a tremendous amount of bitterness. And so he, he, it has a perspective there. Difficulties. It really helps to be around people who are, are walking through life with you 
And God uses them, he uses his word to help train us, to refine us, to make us different. Decisions are another thing. Have you ever felt attacked by a decision? I have. I felt attacked. I don't want to make that decision right now. I don't want to. I don't want to think about this. Oh, I'm, what do I, what if I do the wrong thing? What's going to go? The pressure is on. You're in the midst of this decision. The pressure is on. And God brings that. He allows the pressure to bring your priorities to the the surface. What's going to be your number one value? Are you going to put His interests number one or are you going to go after your own? Our choices reflect our values. God brings decisions to test us at times. People grow. What I've been saying is this. People grow when they turn to God as they deal with the pressure in their lives. Look at Isaiah 50. Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the word of his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. But now all you who light fires and provide yourselves with flaming torches, go walk in the light of your fires and the torches you set ablaze. This is what you shall receive from my hand. You will lie down in torment. In the midst of the pressure, it can pull you apart. If you're trying to light your own torch, if you're trying to make your own way, God, if you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, God is trying to use the pressure to bring you to him. If you have, then he's using the pressure so you'll turn to him and ask him to work in you to make you a different person. He's, he's using this to draw you to himself. God turns trouble into gold if we'll cooperate with him. If we'll walk with him through the trouble and allow him to take us through it. I personally vote for going around the trouble, avoiding it entirely. God, would you take it away? Sometimes he does. Sometimes he takes it away. But most of the time he'll say, I'm not going to take it away. I'm going to walk right through the middle of it with you. And I'm, I'm going to teach you to be a different person in the midst of it. We're going to receive our offering in a few minutes. I'd like to thank you again for your generosity. Uh, we're able to do the ministry we do because of the tithes and offerings that are given. Uh, before we do that, I'd like you to take your connection card. And uh, if you would, drop that in the offering when it comes by. But there's some next steps. Uh, that you could take. One of those steps would be to memorize James 1, 2. It may say 2 to 4 on there. If it, that's, that's a good passage as well. Uh, but you can, you can scratch, scratch out the 4. I, I don't have a card to see what it says. But to memorize that, just to remember what God's doing in the midst of the trials, that he's using the trial to develop perseverance in you. Um, another thing you could do, Maybe you're under pressure right now from one of the things I listed or from something else. I will turn to God and trust him to help me with the pressure I'm facing. I'm going to turn to him. I'm not going to rely on myself. I'm going to actively pursue the things I need to be pursuing while I wait on God to do what only God can do in the midst of that pressure. And then another step, if you haven't yet committed your life to Christ, a step could be, for the first time, I'll yield my life to follow Jesus Christ is Lord. I'm going to 
I'm going to just decide in the midst of this pressure to quit trying to do life on my own, and I'm going to try to do it the way God wants me to do it. By his grace and power and strength, I'm going to do that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for the truth that we find in your word and the way that you help us to grow through it. I thank you for your presence and for your patience, God, and for your grace. You, you love us. I mean, when our real self surfaces, you love us anyway. When, when, it's, when it's ugly, God, you, you, you know all about us. You know everything there is to know. And you, you really hang in there with us. I praise you, God, for your patience, for your kindness, for your mercy. And I ask you to give us the power to take the next steps that we need to take in following you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.